Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thank you for joining Pastor Max Buchanan and myself, Tom Doherty, as we share today out of the book of John. Yesterday, we uh, kind of started in, um, in, in chapter 3 of John, talking about Nicodemus, and we were just talking about baptism, and we closed yesterday. Max had asked if I had any interesting baptism stories, and I told a couple strange <laughs> things that happened. And uh, and before I got off the air, I mean, when I got off the air, I told Max that we had a an older lady that got baptized, and it, it, the water was so cold. I might have said that on the air yesterday, but it was so <laughs> cold that I thought, man, I hope that she, that she lives through this. And it was uh, the heater didn't turn on, so that was uh, that was sad, but that was okay because. <laughs> Her life has changed. I baptized another guy, Frank, at 71. In oh, wow. And he was raised Catholic, and he wanted to baptize. And that was a moving experience. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's pray, and uh, we'll let Max head off of this. Lord, thanks again for this day. Thanks again for Pastor Max. Thanks again for our radio listeners. Lord, I pray they're getting something out of our study of the book of John. And, Lord, that their life would be changed by the power of Almighty God, like Nicodemus' life has changed. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Max. Right on. So we were talking about being born again, and we were talking about how the reference in here isn't a reference to uh, baptizing children. It literally means that you have to be born a physical birth, and then um, you know, and then you are born again, uh, meaning that you're born spiritually, that you um, you know you receive the Holy Spirit, that you follow Christ, and so um, you know, salvation is what this is talking about. And as we get through, it makes it even more clear because Jesus makes uh, another connection here uh, with the Old Testament, and it's this idea of Moses lifting up the serpent uh, in the wilderness, and then he says the Son of Man needs to be lifted up, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. That is talking about the resurrection. So he's being lifted up, right? Lifted up for all to see. He's up on a hill. Whoever believes in him, like we're going to see in the next few verses, has salvation in him. So as we were reading these verses yesterday and getting into it, it's like we're making sense of all this. We get through. He's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus isn't understanding, and he goes, okay, but what have you read? You obviously know about Moses. You know that this has happened, and it was this illustration, this great illustration of the serpent being raised up. Now I'm going to be raised up like that to forgive the sins of the world. And by the so, way, folks, this is in chapter 3 of John yes. and the story of Nicodemus. So if you'd like to read that, we did read it all entirety yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, that is, you know, what that is referring to. It's kind of an interesting thing that's thrown in there, but it's just Jesus talking about his uh, death and resurrection. So it's pretty interesting stuff as Jesus gets more into this conversation with Nicodemus. And we were talking about yesterday how Nicodemus is this interesting character because it's not somebody who feels even comfortable being associated with Jesus at this point. And we're going to see that kind of change over time. Um, But we know that because he comes to Jesus at night. And he has this conversation, and they get into this idea of salvation. He's a teacher of Israel. It says the Pharisee, the ruler of the Jews, very, very important official in the Jewish culture. And so that's who Nicodemus is. They have this conversation. That's where being born again uh, comes from. And then as we get into the later part of this, starting in verse 16 is what we're going to pick up in right now, we are going to see, yeah, the most popular verse. Mm-hmm. How, how far do you want me to read? Uh, let's go 16 through 20 would be awesome. 16 through 20. Or 21, sorry. 21. Okay, for God so loved the world. Oh, we know this verse. We know this one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him 
shall not perish but have eternal life. Folks, that's a huge verse. Let me read it again. That's maybe one of the key verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's verse 16. Mm -hmm. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Boy, you got to believe in Jesus, that's mm -hmm. for sure. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light and fear their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Mm, amen to that. And so I don't think it gets more clear in the Bible than this. It all comes down to faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because our works couldn't do it. Right. And that's exactly what even Nicodemus is struggling with here, is that just as you were not in control of your own birth, at birth, like that's that was up to God, right? Same with your salvation. It's not dependent on you. You didn't do anything to add to it. It was the all-sufficient grace of Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we stay in our sin once we're, we're saved? Absolutely not. And that's what's awesome about this scripture is that it's telling us you are born again. You have a new relationship with sin. So many people get this idea wrong. Like, oh, we're born again, so now we just continue yeah. on with life. Being born again means you have a new relationship with sin. Right. Read First John if you need that any more clear. It talks about yeah. darkness and light. And if yeah. you want to be of the darkness, guess yeah. what? You're not of the light. So you're not even, you know. And so as... We are saved by Jesus and on this sanctification journey. That means our maturing with Christ until we get to glorification, being with God forever in heaven. Our relationship with sin is completely different. We should be disgusted by it. Yes, it's kind of like the adulterous woman that, mm -hmm. you know, all those guys, people were accusing, accusing yeah. her and, and wanting to stone her and this and that. And Jesus said, you without sin cast the first stone and they all left. But what he said to her was, uh, woman, Go out and sin no, no more. more. Yeah. You've accepted me now. Go sin no more. You, you know, I've I've saved you from this. But go out and sin no more. And that's that's virtually the message for all of us. Yes, we believe faith is important. But go out and sin no more. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this is is really talking about. And so this kind of ties back to the entire idea of being born again, like we were seeing with Nicodemus. And that's how it's explained: is that God so loved the world, He said, "I'm not going to leave it that way." that salvation needs to come not only for the people of Israel, but everybody, everybody, not just God's chosen nation, everybody. And so he comes and he saves us. And it's so funny because we always memorize John three sixteen. Right. I love John three seventeen. So do I. I love it. If When we, in youth group, when we would have people, because we'd still, there was kids that didn't know John three sixteen. Mm -hmm. I said, we're not memorizing John three sixteen just to memorize John three sixteen. We're going to put seventeen in there, and I want you to know these two verses, you know, before because we studied the book of John in there as well. And so I was like, these are the two verses we are committing to memory. And John three seventeen is just so incredibly cool. So for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that He might save or that it might be saved through Him, the world might be saved through Him. And that's what's just so incredibly crucial is that when we look at the person of Jesus, mm -hmm. that this is a sacrifice completely on his terms. 
and that we have grace and salvation because of it, that we don't add anything to it, but we have the opportunity to be new creations to where we have a desire to follow after God and our sin gets less and less appealing and the light gets more and more appealing till that day that we are glorified and we are with God. And what an awesome day that's going to be, right? And Whether so many people in this world think that, that, Jesus, he, that Christianity and Jesus is condemning. Yeah, and this, and it's plain right, right here. Is, yeah, he didn't come to condemn. Yeah. No, he wanted the world to know him. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing is is it says it here. It says legitimately people are drawn to evil, and so people don't want to see the light. And that's what I've come to the conclusion is like I used to, you know, I still am. I'm very, very much into apologetics. I'm very, very much into defending the faith. I'm very, very much into having conversations with people. But at some point, if you're super hostile towards the gospel, I'm going to keep praying for you, but you know, it's like, you're just obsessed with the darkness. I will have conversations that you want to have or whatever. But at this point in my life, I'm, I want to go to the next person that's ready to hear about Jesus. I want to go to the next person that wants to see the light, right? I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to cast my pearl before swine as Jesus puts it. This is something that's precious to me. And I love uh, you know, that we can have salvation. And this is saying that everybody's accountable. Everybody knows that there's a God. Everybody knows that, that the evidence is on the table and that we can see that Jesus is the Messiah. Everybody knows that this is more accurate than anything that we could, that man could ever put together, that it was written all over the place and somehow all says the same thing, that it spans thousands of years. And yet when we look at this, it's saying the same thing. It's all about justification, that we need justification from our sins. It's all about sanctification, that we have a new life with Christ, and glorification, that we're going to be with him forever. You pick up the Bible in the Old Testament, it's pointing to Jesus. You look at the Gospels, it's showing you Jesus. You get past the Gospels, it's saying, hey, right here, you have the Holy Spirit, and you are to always remember Jesus. Point people to Jesus. So it's just everything that we look at in the scriptures as we look through it, it's a story that's building on itself to show you the person of Jesus and the salvation you have because of him. And this chapter is absolutely no different. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Mm-hmm. I mean, so people that are living evil, they don't they don't want God or anything to do with him. Yeah. You know, and it says they hate the light. And, yeah. And, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed, that everybody's going to find out what they're about. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. They're afraid that people are going to find out what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that's fear. Yeah. Well, and then it's funny, too, because it's like, do you not, you know, we're born with this innate um, idea that that there is God. And so it's like, God already knows. You're not fooling him. So it's funny that you're like uh, so concerned about man when in reality it's like, man, you, you know, we have a God, a huge God, a mighty God. Well, God cares. Yeah, there's an old song, what a mighty God we serve, of course. What a mm-hmm. mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. You know, mm-hmm. to realize how mighty God is. And that he sent Jesus Christ to take away our sins, the sins of the world, and to know that he's done that. And, you know, and people say, well, he's done that, but, Pastor, I can't live a perfect life. Well, I don't think any of us can live a perfect life. (laughs) No, no, and I think that's the thing is obviously we strive. We strive for holiness. We strive, um, you know, as repentant sinners. Um, but we need God's grace all the time. We do. And, and as you referred to First John, in First John 3, it says, the Bible says, he who practices righteous is righteous. What is practice? Doing something over and over. Mm-hmm. He who practices sin is not a God. That means doing sin over and over. Mm-hmm. We're going to sin from time to time, 
but you practice it. Yeah. You purposely do it. You're turning your back on God. Yeah. Well, folks, we're out of time. Max, we'll uh, see you here same time, same station tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.